Golden West Radio Network presents Crisis. Alice, Alice, please wake up. Oh, please. Joe, what's wrong, dear? Downstairs. Oh, surely you can hear it, too. Listen. Hear what, Joe? Listen. There's nothing to hear. At least I don't hear anything. No. It stopped. It stopped now, but I, I assure you it woke me up. I lay in my bedroom listening to it, making sure I wasn't dreaming or... Or, or hearing things. You've been under such a strain, Joe. Go back to bed. Take something to let you sleep. And if you need me again, I'll be right here. All right. Forgive me, Alice. I'm not crazy. Really, I'm not. Of course you're not crazy, dear. Who would ever think such a thing? Joe St. Germain is a woman you might envy if you didn't really know her. You might well envy her wealth, her position in society, her elegant way of life. Even her recent widowhood, which not only increased her net worth by several millions, but made her even more mysterious, more sought after. But you would not envy Mrs. St. Germain her nights. Her nights without sleep. Her nights filled with sounds nobody else hears. For it is at night that Joe St. Germain confronts the threat of insanity. Tonight... Crisis brings you a story of deception and suspense titled Something in the Mind. Act One begins in just a minute. And now, Something in the Mind. Is that a genuine trio? What? Oh, yes, we got it years ago in Rome. Oh, you have a gallery of art here, Joe. Yes, the problem is where to hang it. I suppose it ought to be stored, a lot of it anyway. Oh, I hope you wouldn't store it where no one could enjoy it. Hey, what did this play case of Mr. Germain? Oh, uh, uh, the west wall of the study. Line them up between the doors. The big glass doors. Between the doors? Okay. Oh, I wish I didn't have this splitting headache. You better take an aspirin. I've had all I can take for now. It's just all this pressure of moving into a new place and, and not sleeping. Yes. Well, changing to the townhouse was a good move, though, Joe. I'm sure it was. Yes, I am. I'm sure it was, too. Rattling around in that 20-room chateau. It was never easy there for a minute. Oh, it was wonderful. Once. Oh, when Paul was alive, we, we used to entertain every, every weekend. We'd have all our friends there. <laughs> no, some would stay on for weeks. But no more. No more. Are you chilly? Perhaps there's a draft. Oh, the mover's coming in and out. Let's go downstairs. There's a nice fire in the music room. No. no I mean, I'll, I'll be all right, Alice. I, I'll put on a warmer sweater. Joe, you heard the playing again last night, didn't you? I thought I did. Darling, it's nothing to be afraid of. It's a trick of the mind. Our subconscious mind... Oh, don't preach to me, Alice. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so edgy. Well, of course you are, with no sleep. Do you know I haven't been in the music room since the first night we moved in here? And I heard the, the playing. I know. I, I just don't want to see the piano. It, it doesn't look right with, 
Without Paul, they're playing it. I understand. Oh, but that, that's stupid of me, isn't it? Paul is dead. He's been dead nearly five months now, and, and we don't live in France anymore. We live in New York, and I, I have my best friend in the whole world living here with me, and, and everything is so perfectly normal, except I still hear Paul playing every night. <laughs> What? Oh, excuse me, Joe. Were you saying something? I was saying you're you're looking down on the city as if you'd never seen New York. Until tonight, I never did see it. Oh, Brad Harrington. That's such a corny thing to say. Dinner on a balcony of a townhouse with a view across all Manhattan. I never saw the city from this vantage point before. You know, I find that hard to believe. You, a famous lawyer. That's just it. I worked so hard to get famous that I never stopped to enjoy it. I'm glad you bought this place, Joe. Are you? Yes. Shows good sense. Oh, I hope so. Shows you've chosen to live. What a strange thing for you to say. I mean it. After Paul's death, I was afraid you'd hold yourself up in that great Parisian brick pile and become a hermit. Well, I wanted to at first. But then Alice convinced me that I... I still had a life of my own to live. If I could find it. That's right. And you did find it. I thought I had. What does that mean? Oh, nothing. What's wrong? Oh, just getting used to the new surroundings. What? It's nothing, Brad. Don't, don't look so concerned. Here, more cognac? No, thanks. You've got something bothering you, Joe. More than just new surroundings. What is it? If I tell you, you'll have me committed. If you'll tell me, maybe I can help. I doubt it. Well, I don't sleep so well. I I keep hearing... Yes? Oh, no, no, not voices. Music. Music? Piano music. Well, have you checked to see if it's coming from a neighboring apartment? These walls are two feet thick. It's it's not coming from anyone else's apartment. I know where it's coming from. I, I mean where it seems to be coming from. Where? The music room. Well, is it... Was it Alice playing? She doesn't play the piano. No. I I recognize the song and and the player very well. Very well, indeed. It's Paul. There, you see? I told you to have me committed. Wait just a minute. You say you hear Paul's playing coming from your piano and... Oh, not my piano. Paul's. The German Steinweg he always took with him on concert tours. You had that piano shipped over here? I'd have thought you'd have sold it in France. Sold it? Oh, I could no more sell Paul's piano than I could sell his clothing or his pipes or... See, Brad? I haven't recovered as bravely as you thought. I, I haven't disposed of one single thing of Paul's. They're, they're all here in, in this building with me. Oh, no, Brad, I... I don't want to go into the music room. Now, you're being ridiculous, Joe. I know I am, but, but let me be ridiculous. I will not go in there. Hello. Where is everybody? Oh, Alice is home. Down in the hallway but by the music room, Alice. I'll come up. No, I'll come down. I wanted to see Brad anyway. Well, did you two have a nice, intimate supper? It was great, but I'm trying to get Joe to come into the music room with me, and she won't budge. I know. I told him about my... Your poltergeist? I don't like that word, Alice. Oh, 
I'm sorry. You're so smug because you don't hear it. But I do hear it. Believe it or not, as clearly as I hear you. And it may be a poltergeist to everyone else in New York City, but to me, it's Paul. And even if he is haunting me, I love it. Because it's all I have left of him. Now, excuse me, will you? Well, I really touched her off, didn't I? So you did. She wouldn't set foot in there? Not even with you along? No. She's completely and totally spooked. Joe? Joe, honey? Why don't I talk to her? Joe, are you all right? Yes. Yes, I'm fine. I'm sure Alice didn't mean anything. No, I... I know she didn't. I... I'm just overly touchy. And this is what you're putting up with every night. You think you're hearing... I don't think. I do hear. Paul, playing it every night. And Alice doesn't hear it? No, of course not. Brad, nobody else can hear it because Paul is playing only for me. Don't you see? Do you really believe that, Joe? Yes, because of what he plays. What does he play? To a wild rose. Hmm, I don't know that one. It's by McDowell. It was always our song. And why didn't you go down to the music room the first time you heard it playing? Oh, I did. I, I did. You did? Well, then... I, I, I opened the door, and the piano was playing there in the dark all by itself. And, and I turned on the light, and there was nothing. Nobody was touching the keys. Good Lord. What did you do? I, I slammed the door... I ran back up here, screamed, woke Alice up, and she went down to look at... And nothing. You had the police in? No, no. Why should I? Well, they're busy enough with crime. There, there was no crime committed here. You just assumed, because it was a piece that Paul knew you liked, that it was the, the spirit of Paul playing. Brad, I was Paul's wife for 20 years. Nobody could fool me. Paul had a touch that was his own... Well, that's what made him the world's greatest concert pianist. Say what you want. But Paul is playing that piano down there. My heaven, Joe, why didn't you call me about this? Well, why should I? Where are you going? I'm going to take your music room apart piece by piece. Joe, are you coming down? No. No, I'm not coming down. Yes. Let's go in. It's working. Like a charm. I told you it would. Brad Harrington has spent over half an hour investigating the music room in Joe St. Germain's townhouse. And finally, he returns. Well, all through down there? I guess I am. And? I couldn't find anything. What did you think you'd find? Mm, loudspeakers, a tape recorder, maybe a player piano. I told you that is Paul's piano. I had it shipped on the first boat. Alice saw to it personally. Look, I'm going to invite myself to stay here overnight. Fine. Be my guest. We have the spare bedroom. No, I won't be sleeping. I'll be listening. 
And if you hear that piano down there play, I want you to tell me. Yell. I'll come into your bedroom and tear that apart, too. I'm going to get to the bottom of this thing tonight. There he is. Brad! Brad! Yes, Joe. I'm here. Now, Brad, please don't hate me, but... But I'm hearing... The piano? You're hearing the piano? Yes. Playing the same song? Yes. You don't hear it. No, Joe. But maybe my hearing isn't as sharp as it used to be. I'm going down to the music room. Alice? Alice, go in and be with Joe. She needs you. Now, are you ready to commit me? Don't talk nonsense. I don't... I don't think I can go on very many more nights like this. Then get rid of the piano. No. Put it in storage. No! Joe, listen to me now. Keeping Paul's things around will not bring him back. I don't need to be told I can't bring him back. But I am not ready to pretend he was never part of my life. I can't live without the piano, Brad. Well, you can't live with it. Let me give you the name of an excellent doctor. No, no thanks. Joe, as your lawyer... No, no. As your friend, I... I will not go to a psychiatrist. All right, all right. Then do one thing for me. What? Take something to knock you out at night. Please do it, Joe. Alice, get Joe an appointment with her doctor tomorrow and get him to prescribe us... I've got sleeping pills, all kinds. Well, do you take them? No. Why not? Because she's afraid she'll sleep through Paul's nightly concert. I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry, Joe. Really, I am. Forgive me. Am I that sick? I didn't mean it, Joe. No. No, maybe you're right. Look, we're all a little tense. Well, I'm not really afraid of the playing. It's it's just that... It isn't real. It's something in the mind that's doing it. Joe. Alice, where are her pills? In a nightstand. I'll get them. Now listen to me, Joe. Alice is your best friend. I know. And I'd like to be your... Well, your best gentleman friend. <laughs> you can be my fella. That's the girl. Now, I want you to take these pills. Enough of them to knock you out. Here you are, Joe. Now do as Brad says. How... How many do I take? Oh, better take, uh... Four. Maybe five. That many? I've never taken more than two. Oh, go on, darling. Here's a glass of water. All right. All right. Here goes. That's a good girl. You sure you're going to be all right, Mrs. Carter? I'll be all right, officer. It's just such a shock. Always is. You were with her how long? You mean last night? No, you told us all about last night. I mean, how long had you been living with Mrs. Germain? Oh, well, just a few weeks before Paul died in Paris. That would make it about six months, but we'd known each other for years. Years and years. Yeah, it's rough. You don't believe she did it on purpose, do you? Maybe not consciously. I'm sure she just took them to try to get some sleep. Yeah. She probably forgot how many she'd taken and decided to take a few more. That'll do it. Oh, it's horrible. Alice. They just got word to me. 
I've been in court all morning. Hello, Brad. Oh, this is Mr. Harrington, uh, Mrs. St. Germain's attorney, Officer... Unser, uh, First Manhattan Precinct. Uh, how are you, Counselor? When did it happen? Last night sometime. Miss Carter found a body by 9.30 this morning. How did... How did it happen? Medical examiner thinks it was an overdose of this sedative here. In that bottle? May I see it? Uh, don't take it out of that plastic bag. I won't. This is what she had last night. You were here last night? Yes. Didn't Alice mention it? You see, Mrs. St. Germain had been my client for years. Both she and Paul, her late husband. I'd come over to try to get her to see a psychiatrist. Oh? What was wrong with her? She'd been terribly nervous ever since Paul died. Nervous enough to see a psychiatrist? She couldn't sleep. You know. Brad and I both tried to get her to take one of those pills. But she had a fear of them. Then last night, sometime, she must have taken too many. My Lord, does that make me an accessory? Accessory? To what? It was no crime, Alice. Just a tragic mistake. Yeah. Well, I'll be going. Oh, that's all right. I'll find my way out. Nice meeting you, Counselor. How did it go? <laughs> Beautifully. Just like you said. Nobody went down to the music room? Nope. Well, we'd better. Come on. I'll need your help. Brad. What? I'm not really guilty of anything, am I? I mean, all I did was come down here during the day every day and rewind the music roll and set the timer so it would play that song at a different time each night. Here, help me pull this wire out from under the rug. I mean, that's not really murder. Now, go on over and disconnect the end of that wire from the clock. I just think it was a work of genius. Not genius, Alice. Planning. Just careful planning. <laughs> you had me have that player unit built into Paul's piano before it was shipped over from France. <laughs> at the time, I couldn't imagine why. It will turn out to be one of my better investments. With Paul's holdings and insurance, Joe was worth, well, over seven million. A third of it goes to you, and half of that goes to me. I guess you've earned it. I guess I have. Now, I'll take out the music roll and get rid of it. Alice, I thought nobody came down to this room. Nobody did. Why? Did you take out the music roll? No. It's gone. It isn't in the piano. It must be. I haven't been down here at all since it played at 3 o'clock this morning. Well, probably one of the cops took it. It doesn't matter. I've got all the wire coiled up. Let's get out. What in the world? Uh, I don't believe it. I thought you said the music roll was gone. I did. In there? Brad, what if... Looking for the music roll, Counselor? Sorry. You're right. I swiped it. Had it with me in the closet while you and the lady down here were taking apart all your magic tricks. You were in here just now. That's right. Now, shall I read your rights to you folks? Or will you do that for the lady, Counselor, while I drive you both downtown? We'll be back with a few scenes from next week's crisis presentation 
and the names of tonight's players in a minute. Something in the Mind was written and directed by yours truly, Jim French, and featured Lee Posh, Pat French, Dave Ballard, and Ben Gorlick. This is your producer, Jim French, inviting you to be with us next week at this time when the Golden West Radio Network presents Crisis. Crisis.